Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. This is Oilers Now. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back to the show. Bob Stoffer and Brendan S. Scott with you. At Oilers Now, guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor. Let Oilers now sent you. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. All right, uh, we are going to go to our Oilers now headliner for touchback safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. We head off on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline to the NHL Network's Brian Lawton, who I think is headed to the All-Star Game tomorrow. Welcome back to the show, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? Oh, you know, living the dream day by day. Uh, you know, it's it's the bye week and all star break for the Oilers. Uh, we are uh, we've had a ton of snow here over the. It's funny we had a nasty cold snap that went for about eight to nine days. That was roughly minus twenty eight to about minus thirty five, thirty six. Uh, it warmed up to plus four yesterday, and then we got just hammered today. So there's been a, a bunch of car accidents around the city. So it's not perfect for our, our listeners. We're asking everybody to be patient out there when they're driving. Uh, but uh, hey, you know we still. We're in a hockey world, so it's a wonderful thing. Well, I'm in Minnesota where it's cold, of course, but I did get an earful from uh, Dave Tippett a few days ago. About, oh. uh, it was cold up there. Oh, he was he was telling you how cold it was, eh? Yes, I now, said you've been living uh, you've been living too long in the sun in Arizona. There you go. <laughs> He's got to suck it up. Hey, look, I got to. So you're from the you know you're in the state of Minnesota a lot. Uh, one of the greatest musicians of all time, Prince. Uh, obviously, is uh, Minneapolis. You know, was born in Minneapolis. Uh, no longer with it. I saw him live at Rio one time. Uh, he was about as tall as my wife, but immensely talented and an unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievably charismatic. Uh, but uh, I, I now that's the voice. I'd love to do that voice. I can't. We were talking about karaoke before. George LaRock used to have karaoke contests at his house, so he'd have like you know sixty, eighty people. Uh, I didn't start going until after he was uh, left the Oilers, by the way. Uh, so it was once he went off to to Pittsburgh. But tell me this: uh, is there a song, just as an aside, that you can, if somebody needs you to lay down a track, that you can let her rip with? Uh, there was a few. I did see Prince play quite a bit you know, playing for the North Stars back in the early 80s. You used to be able to show up at a club where you knew he was going to be and watch him with literally 150 people Come at on, times. seriously? I, I swear to goodness. I saw him, let's say, more than 10 times. When he did Purple Rain in the city, I had a girlfriend back then that was in the movie. Uh, <laughs> the world is worse off for losing this guy. He was an amazing guy. He was weird by 
probably normal standards, but he was so talented. Uh, it was incredible. So love Prince, love any of his songs. But if you ask me for a go-to one, since you mentioned Journey, I'd probably have to say Don't Stop Believing. You, so that you was c- incredible. I remember, the, I remember the words, yes. Just a small town girl you, you living can, alone. Yes. You can, so you could sing that at a karaoke because that is a hard voice. Like I would think. Uh, by, by the way, did you ever see Prince when he was when he was on the AMA Awards in like 1985? That version of Purple Rain. It's unbelievable. Like just the power that he had. But you're telling me you can bang yeah. off Journey? Oh man, I tip my hat to you. That's a hard voice to to hammer. I, I'm not saying I could do it well. Now you're putting words in my mouth. I'm just saying that that was a song that yes, I would try. Okay, well, that's that's uh, that's a, I I can't imagine what it would have been like to have gone to a club in front of 100 and 150 people and seen a guy who years later would be one of the greatest musicians we've ever. I mean, because he could play virtually anything, right, Prince? Uh, he was so talented; it was a joke, and he wasn't big in stature, but you know, he was a solidly put together guy for his height. <laughs> oh yeah, um, he abused his body over the years, as as we later found out, that led to some of the, the horrific challenge. things that happened to him towards the end of his life. But uh, he was an incredible musician, and really, back at that time, as I said. You know, he was a little bit weird, I guess would be the way to describe it, but still a local guy here. Yeah. Just well, hadn't burst onto the national, international stardom that would come later on in his life. He was so awesome. Pretty incredible. Yeah, and he was years ahead of his time. Like, he, he had several female musicians that were, you know, part, at, at times part of his group. And so, oh, yeah, I was, I, I mean, who doesn't like Prince? I, I, I would suggest to you that there might be more uniform of the musicians out there from the 80s and 90s that we think of. There might be more uniform appreciation for him than anybody else, just because we know that he, you know, like he could play lots of different instruments. He had a lot of style and panache. He was a special talent. He was ahead of his time. Uh, oh, yeah, it was uh, cool stuff. All right. Hey, you said you talked to Dave Tippett. So besides him complaining about the cold and that he got a little soft, uh, <laughs> not not to reveal yeah. too much of the personal conversation. I mean, that's, that's cut to the chase here. The orders are one point out of first place. Uh, they're point behind the Canucks. Those, the Edmonton and Vancouver have played the fewest games of the five teams that are all jammed up at the top in the uh, Pacific Division. You're the one guy that we have that's a regular on during the week that said in the offseason the Oilers were going to make the playoffs. So I guess this team's doing exactly what they you thought they were going to do, Brian. They are. It never works out the way that you thought. I, I, I thought that, you know, I certainly thought Vegas would be doing better at this point. Um, but it's just another NHL season where, you know, there's all kinds of surprises in the Pacific Division. You know, let's face it, right now, absolutely wide open for someone to win it. The Oilers in second place are in a great spot. Um, you know, they're certainly one of my teams, one of, even though there's five teams from the Pacific in the playoffs right now, I'm not sure there'll be five in the end that make it, but the Oilers will be certainly one of four that I believe will make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I had a chance to talk to Dave and get some of his feelings. I wouldn't say he's satisfied by any stretch of the imagination. He's still learning and getting to know this group. Uh, He's obviously been blown away by some different points in a good way. He's doing a lot of work behind the scenes with a lot of players. 
to try to raise the standards. Um, and I think he's having great success. Uh, I think thus far, I was an Oilers fan. I'd be uh, pretty excited about the season, even though there's been some bumps and bruises along the way. Uh, overall, I think it's gone pretty well. Uh, there is a documentary that is going to run on Sportsnet on Friday. And we're going to have John Shannon, and who you know well, Brian, coming up in the uh, second hour of the show to talk a bit about it because uh, as much as he can say about it, the documentary is called Connor McDavid, Whatever It Takes, uh, documentary to debut again Friday night following the skills competition. I'll, I'll be completely frank with you. I had no idea that, and I've all, and I, all the information I have right now is only from the advance uh, uh, video that appeared, you know, on YouTube. So they put out a trailer, and that's all I've, I had no idea that things, I knew there were some, that, that there were some challenges with the potential rehab, but I, did, it, I didn't know the full ramification. Did you, did you know the, the full ramifications of what McDavid was going to have to go through here in the offseason? Did you... Because they kept, they did a real good job keeping it pretty hush hush. They did, and I didn't know the complete ramifications, but I did know that it was a lot trickier than it was yep. being talked about. His injury was completely abnormal for a hockey player. It was more like he got in a car crash than he got a blow to his knee by a, from another skater. It was very bizarre uh, what happened to him, and yet um, I was concerned probably more so than the average fan, and yet I'm not surprised that he's back at the level he's at. He's young, he's strong, he's dedicated. Uh, he had a lot of things in his favor that it helped lead him back to where he's at today. Yeah, and again, uh, that documentary is coming up Friday night. We'll get John Shannon to say what he can say, uh, you know, because certain... And I just want to put this out there. Uh, in the past, the Oilers have had a production company that was internal that produced, as an example, oil change. That was Don Metz's group. Uh, as of May of uh, this past year, Don is no longer with the Oilers Entertainment Group but does have a production company. Uh, he was on last night with uh, uh, Dave Campbell and obviously has produced this feature for Sportsnet. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I'd like to say I'm surprised, but I'm going to go back to what Chris Knobloch, Brian, said to me uh, before the Oilers ever drafted him. I went in to go see Connor play in Erie, and he said, Bob, you're going to watch this guy tonight, and he's special, and you know he's special, but you're four or five years in the NHL, you're going to see him play, and he's going to make a play, and you're going to say, I never saw that play before. Where did that come from? And that's what he's capable of. He's that special of a player. And you know what? It's come to fruition, hasn't it, Brian? Like, he he does do stuff that you haven't seen him do before. That's what's crazy four or five years in a league. Yeah, no, it's absolutely crazy. And it's, you know, for old guys like us, we can be surprised because we used to play a million years ago. But when you're hearing it from guys that are playing in the league now, that's what really blows me away, that the best of the best in the world, and they're constantly in absolute amazement and awe of what this guy is doing. It's so hard to be original and do things, new things in the NHL. Like, it's really, really tough, and it seems like it comes almost easily to Connor. I'm, I'm sure he would dispute that and say it doesn't come easily at all, but the fact of the matter is uh, this guy has been just complete shock and awe. Uh, when you think there's nothing left to, to see, he comes up with something new, i.e. Uh, his goal against the Leafs and Morgan Riley. 
Uh, all right, so he's one of the all-stars. You're going in tomorrow to work the event for the NHL Network. Uh, we're joined by Brian Lawton. Uh, he's our headliner today for Touchback Safety. Uh, and you come from a unique perspective on Leon Dreisettle because your agency had him, or still does have him, and that's Octagon. You were at that agency for a number of years. Has hit, I mean, he's currently second in the NHL in scoring. Uh, today, TSN ranked him a top-five player in the NHL. Uh, now, ironically, all five of the guys they mentioned are at the top of the food chain in terms of scoring. Uh, but from your perspective, has he? whereas with Connor, I think we all knew that he was kind of destined to be this good, Brian. Has Leon surprised you with how far he's come as a player? He has surprised me. I saw him back in uh, Portland when he was in junior, and I was really impressed with his ability to move around the ice. The knock against him back then was he really heavy boots, didn't move around that well. Absolutely uh, proved that to be false by a live viewing. Um this year, the thing that's really surprised me, it's not even this year, it's more in the last 30, 40 days. I, I, I thought that the Oilers were mishandling Leon in some ways in the past. Okay. Specifically to do with, you know, he would play with Connor, and obviously they had great success together, but my long-term vision for the Oilers was eventually that you'd have a Mario Lemieux Ron Francis type duo, or Crosby Malkin. We could pick endless teams. Sure. Um, but in, in Leon's case, it seemed like whenever the kind of you know what hit the fan, Connor and Leon would automatically be reunited. To me, over the last 30, 40 days, you know, there were some times where I felt Leon was not playing up to his abilities, but it also looked like he was struggling, waiting for the opportunity to be moved back to play with Connor. And I, I think that the organization has done an amazing job of uh, getting him to buy in that we probably need both you guys. You'll play together on the power play, but to drive your own lines, and that was a real rough patch for the Oilers even recently here, but I feel like they've turned the corner on that now. And Leon Dreisaitl is not looking just to play with Connor McDavid. He can drive his own line. He can raise the overall level of play for the entire team, and I think that's critical if they want to, number one, make the playoffs, and number two, have success in it. So that's been a really, really big change for me, Bob. Brian, uh, so eight games ago, they recalled Yamamoto. They put uh, Drysaddle with Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto. Drysaddle has 14 points in those eight games. Now, some of them are on the power play. Nugent Hopkins has six goals and 13 points in those eight games. Another octagon guy, he's with Rick Vallette. Uh, and then Connor Yamamoto has played virtually all of his time at even strength. He's got three goals, six points in the eight games. He's plus six. There's your second line. In fact, you might argue that's your first line. I mean, they've been that good. Part of it, as good as Drysaddle's been, part of it has been the fact Yamamoto has come up here and played as he did down in the minors, which was he was on a lot of nights he was the best forward down there in the minors, but it was the subtle things that he was doing, you know, stripping guys on the puck on the forecheck, drawing some penalties, um, agitating sort of other undersized guys. You got uh, Connor Garland upset against Arizona on Saturday. I mean, we're seeing a different era for players where guys like this can survive, can't we? Yeah, he, he virtually when I played, I, I knew a lot of players similar to him. They just had no chance. And that's not the case now. Uh, in Kyler's case, he definitely has come up and proven, you know, for me, he does one thing that 
is different than really anybody else that they've had there with that line, and that is his ability to track down loose pucks and make plays. And that's kind of opened things up. Um, Leon can obviously carry a line, drive a line. He's proven that. I think for the first time in a long time, he's believed that uh, he doesn't need to just play with Connor to be elite. He can be elite on his own. That's a game changer, but Yamamoto has been a really nice fit, and I don't think he could have done it in the exact same circumstances, you know, when he started his career. He just wasn't ready. He needed to learn things. He needed to go through the process. He needed to fail, basically, at the NHL level and even at the minor league level. But now I feel like he's over the hump, and in a lot of ways it reminds me of how Tyler Johnson came into the National mm. Hockey League. Now, Moto's still ahead of him age-wise, but a similar track. And that built a pretty strong foundation for him, and I hope that's the case for Yamamoto. It certainly looks like it is. Yeah, I know the Oilers uh, pushed Craig Matavish hard on uh, Tyler Johnson, and I believe Edmonton came in maybe third or fourth uh, when Johnson was an undrafted 20-year-old coming out of Spokane. And for the listeners that don't know, Kyler Yamamoto was taught how to skate by Tyler Johnson's mother. Uh, and Derek Ryan's another guy. Exactly. All those smaller Spokane guys that had to prove it, and Tyler had to prove it in Norfolk in the American Hockey League when it was a big, big part of that awesome season. And then, you know, three years later, was putting up seventy points in the NHL. We're joined right now by Brian Lawton. Brian Epstein's mother has texted us on our Ashley Fine Floors <laughs> text line uh, and said, uh, "Can you ask Mr. Lawton? He mentioned that four teams out of the Pacific are going to make it." Uh, he thinks four teams are going to make it. Which of the five teams that are within one point of one another right now does Brian think will not make the playoffs? So I'll have some fun with you there. Go for it. Okay. Which of the five teams that are in the playoffs right now do I think which won't make it? Wait, that yeah. Question? Wait, because I said yeah, out of the I Pac- thought that four in the you said four in the Pacific would make it. Right now, if you if we started today, five in the Pacific would be in. So Correct. we got we got Vancouver at 58, Edmonton at 57 with 49 games played, uh, Calgary at 57 with 50 games played. Uh, now I have to uh, what Vegas Arizona's is, after that. Arizona's Arizona played, then Vegas. Right, Arizona's played 51 and Vegas has played 52. Which of those five do you think is going to miss? Uh, this will surprise the listeners, but the team that I'd be most concerned about, and a lot has to do with when Darcy Kemper gets healthy, is Arizona. Um, they're a team to me that has been a little bit luckier than their play. Okay. To be fair to them, they've added skill the last few years, and that if they do make it, it'll be because of that, whether it be Kessel or Hall or just some of the development and evolution of their own group. Um but they're on the shakiest ground, in my opinion, of the five teams. Uh, if Darcy Kemper, you know, we're expecting him back certainly by the first week of February, but if that drags on, uh, boy, I, I think it might be another season for no playoffs for the Arizona Coyotes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a team right now. If Vegas doesn't get another defenseman, I could see them missing the playoffs. I've watched them play a lot. Marc-Andre Fleury, obviously, he's lost his dad. It's been a difficult year for him. His last six starts, the numbers aren't pretty. Uh, but to me, when I watch Vegas play, they have real challenges transitioning the puck. And I uh, think they, No doubt about it. If they do not get another defenseman, I think they could miss. And I, I had them first in the division at the start of the year. 
And right now, I think I had Calgary second and I had the Oilers third. Uh, and everybody called me a homer for having the Oilers third. I just thought that there was a way to, and I thought, I think I had Arizona fourth. Um, but I think Vegas could miss out right. I just, I, again, last night against Boston, the Bruins dominated. And Boston's really good. They got a really good team. But they didn't even get any juice out of their top guys last night. Like, it wasn't Pasternak and, and Marchand and, and Bergeron. It was the support guys that were absolutely yarding Vegas during the course of that game, Brian. So, you're with me? You think they might have to upgrade that defense to make her happen? I do. I do. And they definitely, one transition guy, I'd imagine they'd be hunting a guy like Sammy Botanen pretty heavily. Somebody that could come in and, and give them top four minutes. Uh, maybe isn't going to score a ton, but they, they don't need that. They just need to be able to transition better. I've always thought it was a little bit of smoke and mirrors with their group for the last two years, and yet they found a way to get yep. it done. Uh, it's going to be a challenge, though, for them because they don't have a lot of cap space. Um, you know, they, they can afford to get one more player in, but boy, they're going to have to pay through the nose for it. And they've paid some steep prices to add some players recently. So that's it's not as easily as it was. Everything's gone right for that team um, from the beginning. But uh, this, this is a position that I don't believe George McPhee felt they would be in or Kelly McCrimmon at this point. I think they felt that they'd be comfortably in the playoffs, certainly in the first or second spot in the Pacific. And uh, it's going to be tight. It's going to be really tight. Peter DeBoer is a good coach. Gallant, I thought, was a good coach. Yep. Uh, changing the coach is not going to solve the situation that you're talking about and I believe is also a big part of the problem. Brian, great stuff. Enjoy St. Louis. We'll hook up next week, and it'll be the uh, calm literally before the storm. Uh, that'll be the night of the uh, Kachuk uh, return with the Calgary Flames into Edmonton to play the Oilers. Oh, I can't wait. Thanks, Brian. Take care. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. You bet. The uh, the fill-in voice for Journey. That was uh, Brian Lawton joining us from the NHL Network. 12.55 at Edmonton. Ah, oh, what the heck? Let's just go ahead and marry this puppy right now, Brendan. Does that sound cool? Can we get to it? All right, here we go. Uh, we'll tell you that you can join us for a great Oilers Now road trip to Chicago, where last night, Fort Saskatchewan's Kirby Doc had a goal and assist was not enough as Florida, who are pulling away from the Maple Leafs right now, got the win. Uh, this package to Chicago includes great lower bowl game tickets, a welcome reception with yours Truly, we'll have tours of Wrigley and Soldier Field for the Oilers now. Chicago road trip. Call New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. David Staples call to hockey coming up at 105. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.